Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Welcome to Community Christian Church on this gorgeous Sunday. It's so good to have you here. And as mentioned, just mentioned ago, uh, a few minutes ago, we were uh, announcing this for a few months. Today is our Mission Sunday. Are you ready for Mission Sunday? And in case you missed it, in just a few minutes, we're going to receive the missions offering. It's a special offering that we take every year. And as Megan also mentioned, it's the only time that we pass the offering baskets twice on the same day. You'd be surprised churches do that all the time. In fact, most churches involved in missions like we are, they take multiple missions offerings during the, the, the year. I have one pastor friend who does it every month, 12 times a year, passing the baskets and asking for mission money. We do it one time a year. And today is that time. And with our missions offering, what we're hoping to do, and you've seen this over and over again the last several months, is to raise all the money that we need for our 2019 missions budget, which is $100,000. I know that's a big number, but we've been able to do that for many, many years now, and we're expecting to do that again this year. And so this is Mission Sunday, and in case you haven't noticed by now, I get excited about Mission Sunday. I really do. It's always on the first Sunday in May, and I prepare for it. Teresa and I, we plan for it. We save for it. We've been talking about this for a couple of months, and so we put some money aside in anticipation of today, because today... We get to be generous. Not we have to be. We get to be. And we get to share some of the blessings that God has given to us with people who are less fortunate than we are. And the reason we do that is not because we have a lot of extra money lying around. We get out there on a thin limb financially and sacrifice, not because we're super special or super spiritual, but because God said remembering the poor is a big deal. It, it blesses the heart of God. It moves the heart of God when we incorporate into our lives people who are poor and needy. And in return, what happens when we respond to God favorably and we are willing to remember those who are hurting and less fortunate than we are, God sends a little bit of his best grace our way. He adds a little something to what he normally gives to us just for our willingness to respond to him. And I don't know about you, but I can use all the extra grace I can get. And, yeah. I'm going to say, you miss an opportunity to say amen, because we can all use that grace. Proverbs 19.17 says, He who is kind to the poor, or who gives to the poor, lends as unto the Lord, and the Lord will reward you for what you have done. Now, I know many of you would say, well, I don't need a reward. Well, God's going to give it to you anyway. In fact, the New Living Translation says the Lord will pay you back. The Living Bible says God will pay you back with interest. And so your Mission Sunday involvement is a win-win situation for you. It's the only way I can describe it. You win. Because not only do you get to feel good about the gift that you're giving, actually making a difference in someone else's life, but from God's perspective, some way, somehow, you're going to get it all back. 
He's going to reward you. In my mind, win-win. So in just a few minutes, we're going to hear from my good missionary buddy, uh, Pastor Marion Padurit. He's here this morning all the way from Romania. And Pastor, it's so good to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Looking forward to hearing from you. And Marion is one of the good guys. I, I guarantee you're absolutely going to love him. But before he comes, I'd like to just take a quick look at some of the missions that we're currently involved in. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I'm not going to detail this out for you like I normally do because we just did this back in February during our financial report Sunday. And so I'm just going to highlight a few of our missions. If you'd like more information or like to know all about the missions that we support, you can go to our website at cccsterling.org. All right, where in the world are we making a difference? Where are we invested? First off, we're here in Sterling Heights, right in our own backyard. And currently, we have one of the largest food distribution centers in Macomb County, servicing 150 families every week. Additionally, with the food pantry, we're able to provide food and meal support for five other ministries in and around the Detroit metro area. That includes the Alabaster Jar, which is a Michigan human trafficking ministry, Epic Church, located just a few miles away in Shelby Township. We provide them with food. A group of military vets. And then a homeless shelter for men as well. We're also helping the Abigail House by providing them with food. We, we do that all the time. Uh, in fact, not only do we give food support to the Abigail House, but we're also involved in other projects from time to time. And we help them to raise some money that they need for their ministry uh, in fact, we're one of their top sponsors. Okay, so we're right here in Sterling Heights. We're in the Detroit metro area. We care a lot about our local area here, and so we're always investing. We're always trying to make a difference locally. And then we're uh, in Durban, South Africa as well with the Key of Hope ministry. And through Key of Hope, I know you can watch and listen at the same time, we are reaching out to 10,000 kids how many? 10,000 10, kids every month. We help to feed them and clothe them, to educate them, provide school supplies and health care. And every single month, uh, somewhere along the line, those 10,000 kids attend a special Saturday kids camp where they hear the gospel message. So not only are we providing for them and their physical needs, but they're also hearing about their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then we're also in Uganda at Living Water Missions. Living Water right now has a God-sized vision, and we're a part of that. It's called Project Hope. And through Project Hope, what Living Water is trying to do is build a student center where they can raise up an entire generation of young people, young Christian leaders, who will greatly impact Uganda. So they've already purchased uh, five acres of prime property, in one of the major cities there, if you remember correctly, uh, back in December, we gave $10,000 to that effort, which has helped them to, to uh, buy that property, and we're believing for them that they're going to build this student center in the, in the near future. Next, we're also in Haiti. 
Christy Shute, the daughter of Tim and Tammy Shute from our congregation, she's currently involved in her second big project in Haiti. It's called the House of Hope. She has Kingdom Kids Orphanage. Now she's got this second project, and her goal is to build a Christian school and community center right in the heart of Port-au-Prince. And if you remember about, I think it was in 2010, so what, nine years ago, the, the nation of Haiti was rocked with that earthquake. I was there that year. Uh, it, it was complete devastation, and she is helping to rebuild and change the look of that nation, and we're helping her do that. And then we're also in Cambodia with Mission 25. And as you know, Sam and Aaron Oginski head up Mission 25, and they're fully engaged right now in the war against human sex trafficking. And you've heard me say this before on many occasions, anything we do to improve living conditions engages in that war and helps to fight that war. Uh, Mission 25 continues to operate the school and the community center that we helped to build in Posat, Cambodia, which is one of the provinces there, one of the 25 provinces, hence the name Mission 25. And that leads me to uh, our work in Romania. And you might be asking, well, why Romania? Because the human sex trafficking and slavery, human slavery is skyrocketing in Romania. And I believe in, uh, that the church has to engage in this fight. It's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, social concern of our day. And we have to be involved. And I've told you before, with regard to human sex trafficking, I'm all in. And so rather than me tell you about it, we're going to hear from the mission director himself. And Pastor Marion's going to come in just a moment. And I'm hoping that we're going to be able to show you this video before he comes. to be here. People think I chose this. I see it in their eyes, in the way they look at me when they see me. I thought he loved me. When he got me away from my family, he changed. He beat me and threatened to kill my sister. Now, I have to walk these streets. Sometimes I don't even know what country I'm in. I have to see sometimes 30 men a day in order to give my pimp the money he wants. If I don't, I get beaten. Nobody wants to live this life. I get sold day in and day out. I just feel so worthless. Some days, I don't even want to live. Every day, 
I just pray that someone will come and get me. Good morning. Bună dimineața, as we will say it in Romanian language. Well, English is not my native language, so I want to apologize up from the beginning. If there will be a moment when I will twist your language, when I will mispronounce some words, just bear with me, okay? Forgive me and bear with me. <laughs> I'll try to do the best I can. <clears throat> About 24 years ago, I met a couple from, uh, from Detroit area. They came to Romania with a mission uh, team to help us with a building project. And after that, we kept in touch with this couple. And at one point, they start to tell me about how beautiful is their home church. And every time I met with them, they made sure to tell me how beautiful is their home church. That home church is the church from the Detroit area. And one day, they took me to meet Pastor Tony, and I had the privilege to meet a man with a heart full of compassion and kindness. And thank you for that, that impact. And I believe it was like a divine appointment because every time I come and every time I met Pastor Tony, uh, it's something to learn, it's something to take in, and I'm grateful for that. And at one point of time, the church decided to step in and support our projects in Romania. And this morning, <laughs> Mama Mia, this morning I'm here. <laughs> it wouldn't be that way if it wouldn't be for Frank and Angie Poma. Guys, I don't know if you're here this morning. I just want to thank you. Oh, here they are. I spot them. I'm so blessed and overwhelmed to be here this morning and share with you. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to tell you emotional stories, personal stories. I just want to share my heart with you. So I will probably just forget about my outline. I'm trying not to forget about a time. But I'm just going to just share my heart with you. I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm married with a beautiful wife, beautiful woman, Esther. I have four kids, 21, 14, 11, and four. <laughs> She's going to be four, actually, on 15 of May, soon. And um, I serve in the city of Baco, in the region of Moldavia, Romania. In 2015, I was watching a TV show, and one of the, one of the 
persons in the show was from our area, and I knew her. She was a beautiful lady, married with a very old man from Bucharest. Of course, he was very rich. And she was, was having her own show at one of the national channels. And at one point in an interview, she, she, just, she just opened up and she says, Hey, when I was 19, I was sold into sex slavery. And I was sold in the, in the Dechibal Hotel, downtown of Baku, for $1,000. People raped me, and then they took me to Bucharest and sold me to another network, and that network sold me to another network until my husband came, and he bought me out. And I was, I was struck. I was like hit by a truck, semi-truck. I said, gosh, this is in my backyard. We used to use Hotel Dechebal to host our mission teams. So I start to dig in and see what is going on in my city. And the reality I discovered really shocked me and our team. And we just said, we've got to do something about that. We just cannot stay in our walls and worship God and do nothing about that. So we, we come up with a prevention program that it's called Stay Free. And God provide the funds, God provide everything together and open us a lot of doors to go in the schools and in the high schools in the region to do prevention. So I just want to share with you a few words about human trafficking. What is human trafficking? What is sex, sex slavery? What is human trafficking these days? Human trafficking is our modern form of slavery. Human trafficking is when people take advantages of other people and use them for financial and material gains. Human, human trafficking is a worldwide phenomenon, and it has many forms. About 70% of human trafficking is sexual exploitation. That means prostitution. That means pornography child pornography. The other 30% means small crimes, begging, forced labor, organ trafficking. And I will just make a short quote here, not quote, just short, um, you get it. <laughs> small crimes. There are networks in Europe from Romania and from Albania and from Bulgaria and from Italy, they came and they look for young people, for, for young guys, young boys, that they're willing to take the risk and work for them for about two months or three months in Germany or in England or in Sweden and take some shortcuts in their lives to make some quick money. Maybe they can buy a little BMW. So they go and they install little cats at the ATM machines that will read your card and then it will clone your card and then they will go and take all of the money from people's accounts with clone cards. And these networks, these big guys, they call these little guys their arrows. And when the police busted them off and when the police interfere, when the cameras record them, these little arrows end up in jail. Their record will be stained. Their future will be compromised. Their self-esteem will be destroyed. Their emotional health will be damaged. 
And there's something to be done about that. Human trafficking is one of the worst nightmares of our society. Human trafficking is really, 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 really bad. And I just want to share about Romania. Romania first is a country as a source of human trafficking. So Romania is the number one reservoir for human trafficking victims for European Union. In European Union, the most victims in human trafficking will be from Romania, Nigeria, and Bulgaria, and that's the order. Most of the countries that are exploiting them are Germany, England, Holland, Belgium, France, Sweden, Norway, you know, where are the monies? And there are lots of networks that are doing these dirty things. And first, of course, Romania is a recruitment country for sexual exploitation. Many women, many girls from our country are lured, are trapped, are deceived into this human trafficking with jobs that are promised. Oh, we have jobs in a certain hotel in Germany. They're looking for people to work in kitchen. They're looking for people to work in cleaning. And after they got there, their identity papers are confiscated. They're bitten and forced to sell themselves and provide money for these networks. It is really awful. One of our other methods is the lover boy method. And I cannot explain, but guys are, are, are investing three to six months into a girl. And he's going to be the nicest person on the planet. He's going to open the door even for the bus for her. She will feel so lucky how in the world she's so blessed that God provide that beautiful, handsome, kind guy. But at one moment, he's taking her out of the country. And then he says, well, if you really love me, you have to perform for me. I've got some need for, uh, needs, I need some money, and there is no other way to get the money. So if you really love me, you have to perform for me. And I don't know what's happening. I cannot explain, and I believe either you. But they're doing that. And they're taking that as an act of love. It's the Stockholm Syndrome, when the victim is falling in love with the aggressor. There are girls on the street, and I always wonder why in the world they do not run away. Why in the world they will not find a little gate out. And it is because they're threatened. They will study your family. They will know that you will have a little sister. She's in the fifth grade. And they will go and say, hey, I know where your sister is going to school. And if you run away, in one week we will make sure that your little sister will go ten times more through the hell you have been through. So they're staying there as a sacrifice for their families. Of course, their families know nothing about that. Can you imagine that drama? Sexual exploitation. 
Romania, it is the biggest source for Europe. Forced labor. A lot of people from Romania have fallen in this trap of forced labor. And one, there are two countries, actually, that are the... In, in these countries, most of the victims come from... Uh, and one is Italy. A lot of Romanians have been forced in forced labor in Sicily, South Sicily, in the greenhouses, near Ragusa. And a lot of Romanians have been forced to forced labor in construction system in England. There are big networks of people who take advantage of these poor people from Romania. They want to make a living, and after they take them out of the country, they take the ID papers and put them to work for free six months and pay them only enough money to get back on their families. No medical insurance, no income, nothing. Small crimes, I already touched that. Networks of begging. It is so sick. But I know we are having one of our, uh, it's a different project, we are working with kids at risk in one of the gypsy communities. And the parents take their kids and use them to go beg, in, especially in Sweden. And then they build networks of other kids from the villages and take them in Sweden to beg. If you go in Sweden, you will meet a beggar almost in front of every store. And 80% of the beggars in Sweden comes from Romania. And 50% of those come from our district, our county, Baku. They will, take, they will go to a man uh, or a woman or a, a young man who will have a handicap. They will say, oh, such a pity for you. I know a doctor in Austria. Every month he performs pro bono surgeries for people like you. He's not going to charge you with nothing. I work for his house. I put a tile floor, floor, floors for him. Would you mind... Do you want me to call him and ask you? Maybe he can help you with your handicap. What is in the heart of that person? They'll say, oh, yes, of course, do that. And two weeks after, they will say, hey, I've just talked to the doctor. Everything is fine. He's going to perform the surgery for you. No cost. If you want, you can come with me. I know him. He's expecting us anytime. So get your money together. Buy your ticket to Austria. Come with me. I can help you. So can you imagine the victim is buying their own tickets to slavery? And once they arrived in Austria, they will say, well, I just talked to the doctor. The problem is he will perform the surgery for free. There is no bill, there is no invoice for that. But, you know, the hospital will, you need to pay the hospital. He cannot give you the surgery in his living room, right? I don't have the money, you don't have the money, but I know a way how to get the money. So stay here at this corner, show the people your handicap. Here is the hat. In two months, in two weeks, we will have the money. Two weeks becomes four, four becomes eight, eight becomes 16, and after a year or two, that person is still begging with the hope of surgery. It is awful. Romania is also a country as a destination 
for sex trafficking. Lots of people come for, to Romania for sex, and especially with uh, minor kids, with minor boys and girls. And also it's a destination for organ trafficking. I was, not, I was a little bit skeptical. I said, oh, organ trafficking, that's more like in China, you know, third world countries. Last year we have been invited to the embassy of uh, UK in Romania and we had a, a, a meeting with, the, uh, with uh, law enforcement from NATO uh, and from uh, European Union and from countries like Canada, um, uh, Italy, Germany, Sweden, and England, and United States. The embassy of the United States have been there represented also, and they were telling us the stories of hospitals in Romania where they will perform human organ trafficking for people that are rich in Asia or in other countries that will come with private jets and will receive kidneys and will receive part of livers and our patients will wait like five, ten, seven years on the list and never the kidney is coming because the kidney went to Tajikistan or Kazakhstan or other countries where people came with lots of money and flew private jets and had surgeries in our hospitals and that blew my mind. Facts. Numbers. Facts. Numbers. We had a girl in our little village. She has been, she's a gypsy, a very, a very poor. She went to the hospital to give birth. She gave birth, went into the hospital to give birth with two kidneys, went out of the hospital after birth with only one kidney. She didn't know. If you go online in Romanian language and you look, I, last night I just looked just for curiosity. I last night looked online to see how many ads are for kidneys for sale in Romania, 680. It's illegal, but who cares? There are whole teams that go through our villages. They offer medical checks up for free. They will go to poor villages and they will take the blood pressure of people and be nice with them, and then they will have a handsome guy or a man there and say, oh, man, you are so strong like an ox. You know, by the way, you could do it so fine with one kidney, you don't need two. And by the way, if you want to sell one, maybe you can buy a pair of horses or repair your uh, roof or have money saved for the kids' school. We can give you $10,000. That thought, that seed grow until the man sells that. They took the kidney sellers to UK with $100,000. We are living in a sick world. Video chat studios. Just last week, one of our national newspaper called The Journal put up an article about the video chats in our, in our country. And actually, they called us, they um, interviewed us for that, video, for that uh, article. We have over 5,000 studios of video chat in Romania. We are champion in that, unfortunately. And the advertise they are doing for their studios is that everything is safe. 
Nobody will touch you. No creepy hand will come out of the camera to do anything to you. So it's safe. So you will have ads near all the universities in our country. Video chat studios, lots of money. You can make $1,000 on one or two days. But what happened is that those images are recorded and those pictures are stored and those networks are following the girl after she is getting out of the video chat industry and after she gets married, after she gets a very good job. Those girls are beautiful and smart. And after three, four years, you got a knock on the door. We've got something. And you need to give us 20,000 euros by next week or you still keep performing for us every Friday night in the hotel downtown. Otherwise, we make sure this will go public. We have cases when girls commit suicide because of that. They couldn't live with the burden of their past. So we try to, we try to inform, we try to tell teenagers and train them to avoid that catastrophe. Romania is also a transition country, especially for the Republic of Moldova and for Eastern Ukraine. And I know probably my time is up, just I'm going to wrap up everything. But a lot of girls from Republic of Moldova and from East Ukraine, they're given Romanian IDs. And with a Romanian ID, you freely can travel all over Europe and they can move girls from one country to another country and exploit them and make money in a dirty way in sex industry. So what we do? In 2016, we, we start Stay Free Project, and it's a prevention project. We love to, it's better to prevent than to treat, right? And we, we, our vision and dream was to go to all of the high schools in our Moldavia region. It's like 35% of our country. And meet all of the students from classes 11 to 12. Train them and have seminars with them. Recruit volunteers and form support groups in every high school against human trafficking. And by the grace of God, we have been able to visit all of the high schools in our region. Every one of them. We build more than 105 support groups in the high schools. Around 20,000 students have been trained and informed. And then last year, when we exchanged information with some other organization that are working with survivors of human trafficking from Germany, we find out that 50% of the survivors do not have, from Romania do not have high school training. So by targeting high school, we were missing half of the potential victims. So we lower the age of our beneficiaries. And now from 2000, uh, 2018, we start to go in the middle schools, classes 7th and 8th. And we start doing that from last year. And since last year until now, just before I left home, we have been visiting 198 schools train more than 500 teachers. I could stay here on stage and tell you stories and personal testimonies and all kinds of stuff like that. And I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. 
And if I could, I would look you, everyone in the eyes, bullseye, and I would say thank you to each, every one of you for helping us to do that. We've started a conference. It's called Stay Free Conference. Once a year, it's a big event that we put up. This year is going to be on 19 October. It's going to be the, the, the Europe Day Against Human Trafficking. And uh, we got together around close to 1,000 people for that event. One day event, we invite people to speak like keynote speakers, and we had workshops. And the whole motivation and reason be be behind that is to put up the issue in the society, draw the attention of media and the politicians and the authorities about this problem, white elephant that it's in our backyard. Two years ago, we had the ambassador of Sweden that came and talked. Last year, we had... How many of you have seen The Passion of Christ? Do you remember the lady, the mother of Jesus from the movie? She's a Romanian. And she has been last year our key speaker in the conference. We're trying to do the best we can to prevent, but it's not enough. Sometimes we have also to care for those that have been trafficked, hurt, can you imagine how many dreams have been destroyed? And um, we're dreaming. And I allow, allow me just to, just to, how can I say, just to be very transparent and just lay it out. Our dream is that we will have a safe house in our town. There is no safe house, there is no transition house in our region for victims of human trafficking. It is very hard to host them until they can get on back on their feet and get a job and counsel. Our dream is to help put up a network of lawyers that can help those victims of human trafficking to fight back for their rights, to fight back for their rights. I know countries like England, they busted a place, they get the girls, and you know what they do? within like between six to eight hours. Listen to me, this is painful. Within six to eight hours, the girls are in the airplane to Romania. All they got is a UK phone with a UK number, and they're sent with nothing back to Romania. They landed, they go into the airport, and just don't know where to go. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. And when we do prevention, it's very hard to measure prevention. I just want to share with you a good news that we just find out. When you do prevention, it's very hard to measure the success because you really don't know how many of those kids will really become uh, victims and how many of those kids really can use your information. It's just very hard to predict that. But just not... Long ago, the official statement of the National Agency Against Human Trafficking in Romania came out for 2017. And they recognized in 2017 that in the area where we have done prevention the most, human trafficking dropped, listen, with 41%. So I think it's working. And I can, you know what? 
I cannot wait the day when these kids from the high school will get in five, maybe ten years, will get to those key positions in our society, will become the next politicians, the next mayors, the next judges, the next police officers, law enforcement, and they will know how to tackle that. And now back to you. Thank you for making that possible. Thank you for making that possible. You know, in, 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 the, in the Bible, we are encouraged to do justice. And one of, the, one, of the, one of the things that even God himself respect is free will. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. Of course, I'm a pastor. I have to preach a little bit, okay? And then I will... He put Adam and Eve in the garden and says, hey, don't eat from that tree, but it's up to you. He came many times to his people and said, hey, you have death, you have life, choose life, but it's up to you. There is something that even God himself do not touch and respect, and that's free will. He has not made us like little robots. He gave us free will. And I believe that every time when people rob other people of their free will, every time when people rob other people of their free will, of their freedom of choice, God really takes side of those who are weak and oppressed. God is on their side. And he's going to do justice. And he wants our, his people to seek justice, walk humbly, love mercy. There's a Bible verse in the Old Testament that says, but let justice roll like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Let, let justice roll like a river. And I believe that justice has to be rolled out from our churches, from our hearts, because this society that we're living in, it's so filled with injustice. It's so filled with injustice. Let the justice roll out like a river that will flood the streets of Sterling Heights, that will flood the streets of Detroit, that will flood the streets of London, that will flood the streets of Romania. Let justice roll out like a river. There's a song, Stephen Curtis Champman, I think I pronounced well his name, wrote in 1996. It's called The Walk. And I just want to close with uh, just reading the last part of that song. He says, And now I am singing my songs, standing up on a big, bright stage, and I do my dance while the music plays. But when the music stops, am I doing the walk? Because you can run with the big dogs, you can fly with the eagle, you can jump through all the hoops and climb the ladder of to the top, but when it all comes down, 
you know it, come, it all comes down to this. Do justly, justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Because you can run with the big dogs. You can fly with the eagles. You can jump through all the hoops and climb the ladder to the top. But when it all comes down, you know it all comes down to the walk. So let's walk. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Pastor a question, Mike. Can we leave both microphones on? Okay. Um, you mentioned the Stay Free Project that you're involved in and that you're into the middle schools and the high schools. Who goes into those schools? Do you and your team or other people? In the schools, we have a team that goes. Uh, we have three staff members that are hired only on prevention. And each and every day of the week, except, Sunday, except sun Saturday and Sunday, they go in the schools and do prevention. And from time to time, I also go with them. Okay. And who, who came up with the curriculum? Did you? We do, yeah. Okay. And did you uh, tell me that you're able in the schools, the middle schools and high school, to share the gospel? Do they stop you from doing that? No. Every time when we close the lessons, every time when we close the presentation, we just share the gospel and the motivation that stays behind what we do. Because we ask the class, can we tell you what is our motivation to do that? And they always say, yes. And then we say, well, we love Jesus. And it doesn't matter. I tell them this. Can I? Can I? We tell them, usually we, we close with this. You, we, we say like that, you, you go you know, tomorrow morning and look to yourself in the mirror. When your hair is in all directions and your <laughs> face is swollen, you are beautiful. And you are beautiful because you were created by God himself. Amen. And he loves you so much that he has sent his only begotten son to die for you. And we said, you are beautiful. Don't let anyone, anyone, anyone destroy that in your life. Amen. Thank you. As you just heard, Community Christian Church is making a difference in Romania. And we're making a difference in Cambodia and in Haiti and in South Africa, and many other places on the globe. And God is using our church to do those very things. He's using us to be able to change lives and to see people come to know him as God, their Savior. I mean, we're going in not only to minister to their physical needs, but also to their spirit man, to make sure they understand what the whole motivation is. It's Jesus Christ, the name above every name. And so, uh, again, we're at this time going to receive a missions offering, and we're hoping to raise $100,000. I know that's a big number. It's a big goal. But if we all get involved like we have in past years, we can make that number happen. We have 400 families coming to our church, plus, 400-plus families. If we all were to give, every family were to give $250, we could reach the $100,000 mark. 
Now, I know some families can't. Some people are not in a position to give the $250, and I can appreciate that. I'm going to ask you to do what you can. We've mentioned this on many different occasions. This is not a hard sell. This is you understanding what that little seed that Megan was talking about earlier can do when it's put together and it's planted. And it's what we've been doing. We've been reaping a tremendous harvest. And so maybe you can't give the whole $250. Maybe you could give half of it. Maybe you could give 50. Or maybe you would be uh, interested in pledging $250 from now to the end of the year. You can get a pledge card at the next steps desk and fill it out and, and hand it in. And nobody's going to come knocking on your door. You fill a pledge card out that's between you and God. We have never bothered anyone for their pledge. But sometimes when you write it out and you sign it, it kind of commits you on the inside to doing something. Because you're going to go back to the world that you know tomorrow and you're going to forget about this presentation. We all do it. It's human nature. But when I talk with Pastor Marion and I found out what was taking place in Romania, and he shared all those statistics with me four or five years ago, my blood began to boil. Now, God's done a work in me. I don't get as mad as I used to. You know, he, he's filed off the, the impatient spurs. But when I hear this, I'm engaged. And so we've asked all of the families here that attend Community Christian Church that would call this your church home to pledge $250 and donate $250 for this cause. If the Lord has blessed you financially and you can give more, then by all means, be generous. I don't think $1,000 for some of you or $2,000 or even more than that is going to change your lifestyle. This is a huge undertaking. And in my heart, I feel to get involved uh, in Romania and with Pastor Marion and do our part to help him realize the vision that God has given to him and build that safe house there in Romania. I, I believe we can do that together. Wouldn't take a lot for us to be able to do that. Ushers, will you come? Father, we thank you. We thank you for how you have blessed us, Lord, in so many different ways. You've blessed us in basket. You've blessed us in store. Lord, you've given us so much here, and you've asked us to remember the poor. You, you said that you wanted a tithe, 10%, to bring to the home church, but then you also asked us to remember those who are poor and needy, those that are victims of injustice, and Lord, we, we want to fight for those that can't fight for themselves. When we see a, a girl yelling out and, and crying out desperately that needs help, Lord, we want to be someone who hears that cry and responds. And so I thank you, Lord. I thank you for a congregation that is willing to trust you, that is willing to acknowledge that when we give to you, you give back to us. And it's impossible to outgive you. And I thank you, Lord, for the generosity that you put in the hearts of our people. And I'm asking you, Lord God, to help us fight this fight against injustice. Help us, Lord God, to rid the earth of human sex trafficking and human slavery. Lord, we thank you for empowering us to do that. We ask for your blessing and your provision on this offering. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.